My favorite time of year. Conference tournament. This will determine NCAA bids. Uh, this is the coach Brendan Sir with another edition of our Coaching You podcast. And today, Bob Marlin, the head coach of the University of Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns, uh, the best team in the state of Louisiana right now. They have just done a heck of a job in their conference. Now they're getting ready for this weekend, three game hopefully to take it to the NCAA tournament. This is a special team with a veteran transfer-led team with a great coach. I think you're really going to enjoy listening to Coach Bob Marlin on his philosophy of putting a team together and what his thoughts are on basketball. He's one of our best friends in coaching, one of our trusted uh, confidants, and one of the people that we really think the world of as a basketball man. So sit back, enjoy, and learn from Bob Marlin. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to Dr. Dish basketball.com or follow them on Twitter at Dr. Dish B Ball. As I mentioned in my opening, we're so excited to have not just a great coach today, but a dear friend uh, and Bob Marlin, the head coach at the University of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns and the best team in the state of Louisiana. Doesn't that sound good, Robert? It does. We, we've been uh, successful all years, and uh, we can lay claim to that from our record and also from our RPI. It's a, it's amazing, you know, and I've gotten a chance to watch you guys work out and play and stuff. Uh, you know, I look at it and I walk out of there, and I'm not going to mention teams, but I've seen top Power 5 teams that I have worked with and gone to practice with this year, and Big 12 Conference and Big 10 Conference, and you got you got athletes that are better than them. They're 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 look more fit. They're they're really ready to go. And and that is a tribute to the st- your staff and the way you've recruited and also the way you've developed these guys. We're certainly big on player development, like most programs. And one of the compliments that I've had, Brendan, over my career, starting back at San Houston State, was you have a guy that's unrecruited, basically, or low. Great recruit, and he winds up being a, a first-team all-league guy as a senior. And other coaches at our spring meetings would say every year, "Man, your your guys get better." Wow! And we've always taken that as an uh, as a compliment. And uh, but player development's huge in our program. We're, we're not going to get the you know the, the the five-star kid on a regular basis, and we've got to get a, a young man that we can work. That wants to be successful, wants to be coached, uh, and will get in the gym with us and work. Uh, but we take a lot of pride in that. Bob, what's the key 
uh, to your coaching, you know, from a philosophy standpoint, what do you what do you do that makes you? Well, I don't want to say different than other people. It doesn't matter what you do differently, but what makes you successful in your eyes? What are the things that you do? Well, from a philosophical standpoint, we try to recruit good young men uh, that want to to be better students and, and better players, and they want to fit in with the team. And uh, we spend a lot of time with them. I try to make my relationship important with a young man. And so we get a trust factor going and they know that I care about them. And at the end of the day, uh, that's the relationships uh, will stay forever. We've got a great group of seniors this year. We're going to lose them, but uh, it won't end our relationship with them. I can assure you of that. So just giving time to the guys, trying to motivate them, Brendan, making them feel like they can be better and giving them confidence uh, on on a daily basis. Bob, I noticed that in going over and watching your kids, I loved, even last week when I came, I loved the leadership of your older kids. And then when you, you pointed out, and I haven't gotten to know the kids a little bit in September, you have four starters that I believe that are transfers, and they come from good programs. They're good kids. Explain the philosophy and how I think you and a couple other programs have had amazing success carefully using not grad transfers but regular transfers well we have taken a couple of grad transfers in the past Uh, one worked out was a big success the other one was not Uh, and i've tried to to steer away from grad transfers when i can Uh, this past year we had an opportunity to take uh, a transfer from byu frank bartley who we recruited, he's a Baton Rouge guy, a New Orleans guy, and we recruited him out of high school. Uh, went to prep school in California. We recruited him again. We lost him to BYU. We were trying to pair him with Alfred Payton and Sean Long to wow. give us a, a big three, if you will, when they were still playing. And wound up, Frank called, wanted to come back home to play with Jonathan Stove, one of his uh, younger teammates at Christian Life in Baton Rouge, after two years. And uh, we – Met, I talked with uh, uh, Dave Rose, the coach, and a friend at BYU, and he had nothing but great things to say about Frank. Really liked him as a person and a player. Didn't not want him to leave, but understood that he wasn't getting the minutes that he might get at another program. And as you know, with BYU, you're going to get trumped by those guys on missions every other year as well as they're recruiting. So it's hard to get minutes there from an experience standpoint. Uh, but Frank came back with us and uh, actually paid his own way the first year. We did not have a scholarship available, and uh, he did that. He worked hard and became eligible last year. It started for us, uh, led us in scoring as a junior, and uh, made third-team all-league. He was a Sunbelt Conference newcomer of the year. And then this past year, we, we in our recruiting, we – Came across another young man, a wing player named Malik Marchetti from Compton, California. Went to Long Beach Millican High School, and he had Louisiana ties. Uh, he was going to leave Southern Cal. He had been a team captain as a sophomore, but had been uh, behind a couple of guys they had signed. They were getting better as a team, and he was looking to, to play more. And his high school coach actually was also from Louisiana, from Lake Charles, uh, a a guy named Chris Francis. So 
We didn't know Chris, but we certainly have bonded and got a great relationship now. And Chris left Lake Charles 25 years ago, Brendan, went to California to go play basketball, wound up staying out there and then becoming a coach and a very successful high school coach. Uh, and we talked with Chris and Malik came and visited. He was going to visit a couple other uh, Power 5 programs along with us and came, liked it. Uh, the weather was certainly different from from Los Angeles, but we, we got him to come. And uh, then the next guy that popped up on our radar was Jakeen and Gant, who was leaving Missouri. And our tie there was uh, I'm good friends with Steve Shields and Kim Anderson, a couple of coaches that were there that worked with him. Uh, but the main tie was Jay Wright, our point guard from last year and the defensive player of the year in the Sunbelt Conference. He played with Jakeenan at Effingham County High School over in Georgia. And they had a, had a great relationship. And Jakeenan was going to go to Clemson at one time. Uh, and at the end, it fell through. And he came with us last year on an, uh, without him visiting, uh, got him to come over the telephone. And he was, he decided he was coming. And then three days later, I get a call from an AAU coach that said, coach, what are you looking for next year? And I said, well, we're losing one senior in Jay Wright. He said, well, I've, I've coached Jay Wright and worked him out and know he's a good player, but this guy's a, a different type of point guard. And it was Marcus Stroman. And uh, he said Marcus was going to walk on maybe at Coastal Carolina, which was in our league. Sure. So uh, the young man called us, and we uh, were able to, to, to get it worked out in a couple of days. And uh, he was a really good student, had over a 3.0 at South Carolina, and came in and has done a really fantastic job for us. So we were fortunate. We didn't really go into it looking to, to build a roster like that. But it happened, and, and all these guys had a sit-out year where, where they were able to practice and get better every day, and they all worked extremely hard. They took advantage. They'd been in a, a big program. They knew how to work and take advantage of the resources, and they got better. And this year, those three have teamed up with Frank to give us four guys that have, have made a, a good team a great team. Yeah, and I think that maturity that transfers get – uh, is invaluable. You know, kids coming in thinking they can play as freshmen at this level, it's so difficult. You have to be so exceptional, so exceptional to be able to play at any collegiate level. You really do. And the the year that these guys set out and lifted uh, weights, developed their bodies, worked on their skills, you know, we spent a lot of time with them too, even though they were sitting out uh, as far as individual player development. Let me ask you, from a basketball standpoint, has your uh, philosophy evolved over the years, or are you, are you doing similar things that you've done always throughout your incredibly successful career as a head coach? I think it's a combination of both, Brendan. That's a great question. Uh, we were doing a drill a few years ago, and one of my coaches said, Coach, why are we doing this? You know, And, and when I started coaching, in, in college, there was no three-point line, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the shot clock was 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. So there's been quite a change that's gone on, and it definitely changes the way uh, you, you coach your team. So uh, a few standard things that we've always done, we continue to do defensively and offensively. We want to play fast. 
Uh, we've always done that. We're going to continue to do that. I like to recruit players that want to get up and down the floor. I know our fans enjoy seeing fast action. And as a coach, I like to, to coach players that, that want to run and, and get out in front. So we're going to always push the basketball and try to score. Uh, and then defensively, we want to make sure that we've got a good rebounding group and a, and a team that is going to contest shots and, and try to have, give the other opponent a low field goal percentage. You know, in playing in the Sun Belt, which is really one of the real underrated conferences in the country, you know, when I believe you have, you know, when you have as many teams as you do and you go and you're playing two road games at a time or you have two home games, you know, in another week, uh, makes it's a different, it's different. And so how is that to play, let's say, Thursdays, Saturdays in preparation for you? It's something that I've done before at, at Sam Houston State, we in the Southland Conference, we played many years on Thursday, Saturday. So uh, certainly the first game on Thursday, you have three days to prepare for it, and then you've got a quick turnaround with one day prep for right. Saturday. And we've always had a lot of success. I've coached against guys, Brennan, and you have too, I'm sure, that, that on Thursday night they're really good, but on Saturday their teams just aren't as good for some reason. Uh and I think it's because they're good teachers and they don't feel like they have enough time for the prep work to, in the scouting report to, to get ready. But uh, we take pride in, in turning around quickly. Uh, this past summer, part of our success we felt like was a trip to Cuba. We were able to go over there and play three games in a row uh, against the Cuban national team mm -hmm. that's been in the States playing against uh, Coach Van Gundy's group. And – that was a great experience for us. And then th we also went to the Cayman Islands with more scouting involved as we were pretty technical. We weren't quite as thorough against the Cuban national team, but against the, we played Iowa in the Caymans. And then the next day we played Wyoming and the next morning we played Richmond. So three quick cool. days in a row. I like doing that because it helps your guys prepare for your conference tournament in March. You know, one of the things that I think in college, you know, contrary to popular belief compared to the NBA, you have a lot of time to practice preseason and now in the summers even. Um, I think a lot of the teaching philosophy-wise, preparation-wise for your down the road has to be done then. You can't be teaching how you're going to defend a pick and roll against a certain opponent the day before a game. That has to been part of your overall teaching that we're going to play pick and roll one, two, or three, or four ways, whatever you're going to do philosophy-wise, that's fine. But that has to all happen earlier, correct? Yes, it does. And then in the four weeks, to it's around four weeks now. Sure. It used to be six weeks when I started. Uh, but they've moved the practice date up a little bit for us. Yes. So you can start earlier again, but you have to be careful, Brendan. As you know, uh, it's a long season. And you don't want to wear your guys down. And so we, we give them several days off. We start early, but we take time off and make sure that they have some rest and they have their legs under them. But during that six-week period, you've got a base of, of boxes that you have to check uh, with ball screen coverage today being one of the top ones. And we'll go over five different ways. Uh, to, to work on ball screens and, and we'll practice and practice and practice. And then once you get to this time of year, 
you know which one you're going to use. You may have to use two in a game. That very seldom happens. But you practice on that particular coverage uh, on, the, on your game week and get prepared. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. <clears throat> One of the things I was talking yesterday to um, a coach and uh, in the pros and in the summer league, uh, professional coaches, you know, that take the players that they, you know, had playing with you during the season, they have to get them ready only for a five-game, you know, summer season but they have three days to get them ready to play games and in you know the g league let's say which is our minor league uh they have eight days of training camp and then they got to play and so they they talk about the efficiency of the teaching has to be amazing but we can't do a lot of drills we got to teach a lot of whole how much are you as far as a whole part teacher or are you still part well, we, I've changed a little bit, and, and, and I, I like the whole part whole method. Uh, I, I believe today with the time restraints that certainly the NBA teams have, you have to play more. And some, some of my coaches talk all the time about we have to play five on five to get better. And you and I have seen coaches over the years, you go to a practice, and man, this group, they really look good in practice. They drill. Certain players look better than they do in the games. And then when you, when you get to the games, the team doesn't have the success that right. you think they would have. So I think they're drill coaches, and I, you know, they teach the game. And then I think they're guys that, that can carry that over and make adjustments in games. So I would rather play five-on-five five and teach with more people involved. The, the most that we can. We do a lot of breakdown work. Sure. We try to play five on five. Yeah, I think development stuff is great for um, breakdown, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, when I'm doing team stuff, uh, what I've found now with our young group, we used to call them millennials, but now they're the old guys. Millennials are like, you know, the guys <laughs> are coaching on your staff now. You know, for, you know now the, the generation IYZ, as we call them, the young, really the kids that have grown up now, on the phones and everything, the devices, uh, their attention span is differently, uh, you know, and they're very visual. Uh, 
But you know what I find? The transfer of learning, which we always used to talk about in education, they struggle with that. So uh, I remember once, a long time ago, this is how great Chuck Daly was. He was able to sit down, and I came from the UB Brown, Mike Fratello, defensive school, the best in the NBA. And when I went with Chuck, he says, I like that. That's really good. But now I want you to take all those four-man shell drills, and I want you to make them five-man drills. I said, we never did five-man drills, Chuck. What do you want me to do? He says, take the best offenses in our in the NBA, and that's how going to be our shell drills. And I went, oh, my God. So that's when I changed everything. So now we're running against the best plays that you play against in any league, and that's our shell once we teach fundamentals. Thoughts? Yeah. No, it's a great way to go about doing things. Uh, and it makes me think about the last question, Brendan, and the pick and roll coverages, we put in the the base coverages that we're going to use and mm-hmm. try to stay current on everything. We really look at a lot of video, watch a lot of NBA because sure. we think that's the best basketball in the world. And those guys are outstanding teachers. And we feel like we have what we need going in. But during the season, even at this time of year in our scouting, if we see another team does a different coverage that we've never seen before, and has success with it, then that's what we'll try to implement for, for that certain game. Uh, so you continue to take from others. But I've heard of uh, our friend Kevin Eastman, I remember yeah. a long time ago, told me that uh, during the summertime they would take the plays from a different team in their league and they that the actions that they would defend be a cross cross screen down screen back mm-hmm. screen ball screen what have you they each would have a name and it would go toward that team yep and when they called that team's name out they know that that's their bread and butter so i think when you still and go against another team's offense like you're talking about for a 5 on 5 it's an awesome idea yeah no and the naming part uh you know the I, I laugh when I go and watch coaches do scouts and all of a sudden they're doing them and they're calling them the name of that the other team is calling them, you know, one up. Like you want your team to learn their plays. It's impossible. They don't even know my plays, you know. So, right. you know, so now what we did is we gave them names so that they would understand. It's almost like having a defensive system. This is how we're going to defend the 15, whatever the 15 is or the seven play, whatever. It's your own language, and that's what I think is so critical in coaching. Do you have your own language for your staff. How do you get – it's so important to have everyone on your staff on the same thing. How does that go about? And I know you have your guys. The key thing, of course, is the people that you have or have been with you. Right. The guys that have been with me the longest certainly know how I think and my terminology and what we want to do as a program. We talk about it as a staff and we'll make uh, changes sometimes to stay current uh, for the new group and the younger generation. Uh, and I think that's one thing even my son said, uh, Brendan, is that dad, you know, the one thing that, that keeps you being successful is your ability to change. And he says some coaches won't change or adapt, but you do. Uh, and I, I took that as a compliment, especially coming from my own son no. who played play for me as no, a walk-on. No, he's, he's 100% right. And uh, the ones that don't change are really in trouble, I think, Bob. Yes. Uh, but terminology is something. We don't have a book with a terminology. Right. Our guys just understand it. We know we've talked enough, and 
uh, like when we visited with you uh, and we learned a couple of different terms. If we like a term differently, then we'll change it. Uh, but it's easy for me to remember certain things, Brendan, and I, I use my terminology and I make the assistant coaches and the players uh, learn the, the play that I call. If Sometimes I'll take a play from another school. We've got a play that, that we call Boston. And right. I got it from the Celtics when Larry Bird played. And so we've always called that play Boston. <laughs> and and that's how I remember it. And the players, you certainly pick it up, and they can remember anything. So that's how we go about with our terminology. No, I think that I think that's excellent. Now, you and I spend, uh, you know, a couple of days every uh, August together at the University of Florida, you know, trying to learn and stuff uh, like that. And we, we have a wonderful... Um, you know, visit, I, I call it almost a think tank, you know, that Larry Shiat and Billy Donovan have, you know, done for years now. Mike White and Shy have, uh, you know, taken it over. And uh, I always look forward to that, you know, uh, for many reasons. Uh, you go all the time. Why? The same thing. Uh, first of all, I love the people there. Yeah. Uh, I've, met, I've met so many different people, Brennan, from across the the world, but across the country, especially on different levels of basketball. Uh, and we had a speaker this past year from Canada. I was super impressed with this young man and the way he went about his offensive philosophy. But just a chance to get together at a great time, recruiting's over, you're, you're, you're just about to start school, or, or you may have already started class uh, right. right there at the, at, the, at the middle of the end of August. And it gets your mind thinking about your team. And as we know, so many times you go to a clinic and you hear something and it's just a, a reaffirmation of, of something that you're thinking. And, you know, I want to do this. And then you see another guy like yourself or a Kevin Eastman or someone, uh, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, talk about it. And uh, it certainly validates your your thinking and, and gets you to go back and, and get excited about teaching so I've always been in a recruiting mode we came back this year and went to August first week of August went to Cuba and you know got to put our team together which was great because mm -hmm. those transfers we talked about earlier were able to shake the rust off a little bit and play and a couple of them struggled uh and then as we got back and started school I wanted to start thinking about how can I make this team better and when you go talk with great basketball minds down there and other successful coaches in a real small environment. It's very healthy for me. I, I think so. And uh, as our friend Coach Wooden used to say, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that's going to make you a better coach, teacher, parent, et cetera. You know, uh, and I, and I exactly, that. Brennan. And I, I think I've been doing this a while like you, and, and I love to, to watch clips and uh, be it on your phone or, or go to clinics and learn. I'm, I'm always reading, you know, Kevin Eastman got me wanting to read more and uh, try to learn and, and do things that'll help not only yourself, but help your players and put them in position to be successful. So I think I study now more than I did when I was younger. Well, you know, I, I couldn't agree more because now you know, I'm trying to find one of those drugs where I can get like 30 years younger, but and I come back, I, I might go to coach in the Sun Belt, get my ass kicked for a couple of years, but then I'm going to get you finally, Bob. I'm gonna get, uh, but one of the things that, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I'm fascinated by, yeah, you know, is the tournament. Now you're going in 
you know, as the top seed, let's say in a in a tournament where your players have played every team twice or just about twice, you know, and now you're going in there and uh, you get would you get a double buy? I guess in your tournament, we it's- used to. They just changed it last year, so we'll actually get a single buy uh, as as well as three other teams. So okay. we'll get to we'll have to win three games in three, three, three days again, going back to Cuba and yep. the Caymans. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, and because you're basically a top seed, you know when you're going to play. You know, like eleven thirty, let's say, uh, you know, the first day, etc. How, how, how does the preparation? How do you go into that? You're playing on a neutral court. What? How do you prepare a team just to help out guys that are coaching at high school, other colleges right now? How do? You, what's your mindset for that? Well, you want to stay somewhat in your normal routine. Uh, make sure that when you start practice, if if you play, we'll play on Friday. Mm-hmm. Our routine has been to take off Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back and have a good day of practice Tuesday, Wednesday. We're fortunate the tournament is in New Orleans. Not too far. And and we won't have to miss much class. We try to, to always limit our, our missed class time. So we will probably practice here around noon on Thursday and then travel over to New Orleans and we'll play at 1130 on Friday morning. Uh, but – as far as the scouting, each coach will, will have different opponents. Uh, we'll know who we play right. on Wednesday night before, and that'll give us just one day, really Thursday, to prepare for that specific team. So we'll try to work on our strengths, keep doing the things we've been doing. It's been good to us so far, and make sure that we're ready for the opponent uh, that we'll play on Friday. Uh, one thing – We'll go back and watch, you know, both games that we played uh-huh. against that that team, and we'll we'll look and see if we have an advantage in an area. We're big on mismatches. We look at position by position and try to take advantage of of guys that we have an advantage over. Um, when I was a younger coach, Brendan, uh, a, a really good coach that I became friends with when I was in school at Mississippi State, Murray Arnold. Mm-hmm. used to talk about uh, different players in scouting. And he said, Coach, when I was at Western Kentucky and I would send my guys out to scout, they would come back and I would say, okay, how many positions are we better than this team? Right. And, and I, you know, it, it's easier in conference, but when you go to the NCAA tournament and say if we're fortunate enough to get there and we play – uh, Clemson again, or or some team that's really strong, they're going to be better than us at two or three positions, you know. And if you're not as strong, then you're going to have to do something different. So we certainly look at that as well with our conference and advantages that we can uh, create opportunities for our guys uh, in the scout. And then also we'll throw a new wrinkle in. We've really worked the second half of the season, and we haven't used a lot of them, but we have different counters to our offense. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, you know, certainly teams know you better. You're, the old saying, your conference opponents are like your neighbors, and they know you better than anybody. So uh, we'll, we'll work on those counters and, and try to slip in a new out-of-bounds play, uh, a new wrinkle on offense or defense. I love that. I love that. 
My friend, uh, it has been amazing uh, to watch your team, to watch a master coach in action. Uh, you're one of the very best in the country. Uh, I've, I've thought that for years. Uh, I'm glad I never had to coach against you, thank God. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're really special. And the, way, the thing I, I took away watching you uh, last week in practice uh, was, and I told this to a dear friend of both of ours, I said, he coaches the way I hope I would coach. He's unbelievable at his relationships. He loves his players. And guess what? His players love him back. You know, my friend, you're very special, and I wish you the best of luck down the stretch here. And I know the Raging Cajuns are going to have a great finish. Well, I appreciate it, Brandon. And I look forward to seeing you again soon and, and picking up a few more nuggets from you. I can't wait to come to Lafayette. It is the gem of our great state. Well, we certainly think so. There's a lot of, a lot of great people here and certainly good food, and and uh, the people enjoy life over here, that's they, for sure. I do. Uh, thank you again, Bob. Appreciate it, my friend. Thanks, Brendan. Love Bob Marlin, and if you ever get a chance to go to Lafayette, you will love Lafayette <laughs> also. It is one of the gems of our state in Louisiana. It is a spectacular place. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that comes across with Bob is this guy is all about people his players, and man, can he teach and coach. So I think it's a, it's a great lesson. And watch his team as they go forward. Uh, you know, the University of Louisiana is a powerhouse. Forget what their league is. Forget anything else. They can play with anyone. And hopefully they'll get a chance to prove it in the NC2A. Uh, remember, coaching you live, VIP experience, July 9 and 10. Go on to coachingyoulive.com, register. We only have a couple of weeks left now for our uh, early bird special, March Madness special, two, $349. $349 gets you all the videos, all the food, courtside seating, you know, pad folio, dry fit coaching you shirt, and incredible network from NBA coaches. I think you're really going to love it. It's going to be our 10th anniversary special. Look forward to it. And again, as you're going through March Madness and you you get this whim of getting your on season of learning, uh, go on to coachingyou.tv, get some videos. We've got some great specials coming up. All right. Thank you so much. This is the coach, Brendan Sir. Until next week. <laughs>